Welcome to The Current, a podcast produced by We Stand for Energy. We Stand for Energy is a community that supports a reliable, affordable, and sustainable energy future for everyone. It is a project of EEI, the National Trade Association representing U.S. investor-owned electric companies. My name is Brad Vietor, Vice President of External Affairs at EEI, and I'm your host. Welcome back, everyone. I have the distinct pleasure of being joined by a new colleague of mine at EEI, Todd Manuel. Todd, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate being here. You're EEI's Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Transformation, coming to EEI from Entergy Corporation. Can you tell us more about your previous role at Entergy and the initiatives you worked on there? Yeah, sure. So when I was at Entergy, I was responsible primarily for leading the organization's organizational health, diversity, and inclusion efforts. I also had responsibility for the company's compliance with all Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs and the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. I had a team of folks that worked closely with me that made sure that we were doing the things that we needed to do as it relates to compliance programs, specifically as it relates to the issue that we're here to talk about today, which is diversity and inclusion, my primary responsibilities on a day-to-day was to make sure that we were embedding the types of behaviors that really make an organization successful, that we were building diversity into those efforts, and an inclusive culture was ultimately created. One of the things we did that has certainly been really impactful in terms of the way you know, we think about diversity, equity, inclusion is back in 2019, we rolled out the first ever company-wide inclusive climate assessment. And that, that really gave us an opportunity to look at our organizational inclusiveness, both quantitatively and qualitatively. And we looked at things like belonging and openness and equity, and we're really able to, to gauge employees' perception of how we're doing on that. And that body of work really served for the foundation for a lot of the DEI work that has followed to this day. Tell me a little bit then about what you were trying to accomplish in your new role at EEI. Yeah, sure. So here at EEI, we're really focused on making sure that we drive diversity, equity, and inclusion across the entire industry. Our member organizations are engaged in some really great work in the DEI space. We are receiving feedback from our member organizations around the the bodies of work that they have launched within their respective organizations. And we're tracking that information by getting real feedback in terms of what's working, where they may be having challenges. And there are some, some pretty interesting things that are going on across the industry that I think in the long term, will certainly pay dividends for our member organizations in terms of advancing diversity, equity, inclusion, and things like racial justice as well. Are there any specific initiatives you've seen EEI member companies working on that are particularly innovative? Is there anything you think shows promise across the industry? Absolutely. Every organization that we interact with, such as organizations working to make sure that that from a From a talent perspective, they are removing biases that may enter into hiring processes. That's a pretty standard thing that is happening across the industry. But then 
when we look at some of the really innovative things that are happening across the industry, there's, a, there's some great partnerships that are starting to take place. One that comes to mind is the partnership that Southern Company announced with Apple at the beginning of this year. That's a really neat project that they are lifting off the ground. It basically amounts to roughly about a $50 million commitment between Apple and Southern Company, where they have gone into Atlanta in what is called the Atlanta University Center, which is the largest contiguous consortium of African-American higher ed institutions. They consist of Clark Atlanta University, Spelman College, Morehouse College, and Morehouse School of Medicine. And what they've done there is they are building what is called the Propel Center. And that is the space that is both physical in nature, but there's also a virtual component to it. So what it will do is create an opportunity for students to come to that physical space and learn at this central hub, but it will also create an opportunity for students at other HBCUs that are spread across the country to engage with that center in a virtual setting. And so that's a really innovative way that Southern Company and, and in partnership with Apple is connecting with, with the communities that we serve. Another example, I think, would be the partnership that, that my company, Energy Corporation, has with a few HBCUs in both Louisiana and Mississippi. And the relationship there consist of not only traditional financial commitments to those higher ed institutions, but it also includes things like making sure that we're investing in classroom enhancements and laboratory enhancements, we're creating opportunities for student internships, as well as externships for faculty members in the off months when they're not teaching. And then we're also making sure that there's an opportunity to work with the universities on things like curriculum enhancements that really helps to ensure that upon graduation, students are equipped with the, the, the skills that they need to enter the workforce right away and contribute in a very meaningful way. There's certainly a problem on the recruiting side of the equation. There are other problems as well with retention and everything else, but it's good to hear that you're unearthing what some of those successful recruiting programs look like, right? Because it's a uh, a heck of a lot bigger than that. But if you can't solve for it on the recruiting side, it's pretty difficult to be able to change anything. Yeah. And, and Brad, the thing that I think that will really make a difference in terms of some of these programs is that we're really seeing that organizations, member organizations are not just making financial commitments and giving financial gifts to these institutions, right? What we're seeing is that they're really taking steps to invest their time, which includes employees having an active role in, in shaping what is happening on some of those campuses and as well as further building out the relationships that really lead to students entering to the workforce. How have the industry's DE&I efforts changed since the tragic events that took place in 2020? The George Floyd murder, Breonna Taylor murder as well. How has that impacted the industry? Well, I, I think Companies in the utility space, they're experiencing the same challenges that a lot of organizations are, are experiencing in, in other industries as well. You're right. 2020 was certainly unforgettable in terms of the awareness that has been created around lots of issues. 
whether you're talking about the pandemic, which we all know that in many instances that has certainly disproportionately impacted people of color. We've had racial injustice and social unrest. And I think you'd have to kind of go back nearly 60 plus years to find an equivalency in terms of the conversation being really elevated around these issues and people collectively looking to take action on these things. And so I really refer to where we are right now as sort of this racial justice DEI 2.0, if you will, because now that the awareness has been created, the question is, what are we going to do about it? And so I think there's a real opportunity for member organizations to make meaningful progress. And we're seeing things like the Propel Center that we just talked about that Southern Company has developed in partnership with Apple. There's a big component of racial justice and equity that is built into that project. And so I think as we move forward, we will continually see organizations finding ways to plug into the communities that we serve in a very meaningful way as it relates to addressing some of these racial justice issues. It will look different depending upon what community you're talking about, but the awareness is there, the desire to make a difference is there, and I think we'll see a lot more of actions to come over the course of next year. Back in 2020, September of 2020, our board came together and really had a conversation around what's the next iteration of advancing racial justice, diversity, equity, inclusion, and how does that tie into some of the work that we've done previously? And so really there was an agreement to integrate our workforce development efforts with our racial justice, diversity, equity, inclusion work into really one strategic initiative. And that ultimately resulted in us developing four broad goals that could be cascaded throughout the industry. Uh, those goals are really, really simple. It was one, make sure that diversity, equity, inclusion are driven from the top of our organizations, meaning that we had leadership buy-in at the highest level of our organizations. The second piece was to make sure that we remove barriers to entry into our workforces by broadening the pool of candidates that could potentially enter the workforce. The third piece was to establish stronger community connections. And then the fourth was to establish infrastructure and training academies that equip people such that they have the skill sets that are necessary to enter into our workforce. And so as we look at those broad industry-wide goals, there are actions that our members are taking to advance those goals. And so my job here at EEI is to make sure that we are helping members advance those goals through the actions that they're taking and we're creating opportunities for others to learn about the great things that are working. What's the next step there? What do you think are the opportunities to really show acceleration over the near term to ensure that 2020 wasn't just a moment in time where we were thinking about these challenges and then didn't make any progress, but to actually make some real progress? When we look at our industry, Brad, I think the real progress is going to be how do we make sure that we're leveraging the collective resources within our industry to address some of the systemic issues that we've seen in some of these communities. And, and when I say 
some of these communities I'm talking specifically about black and brown communities, right? When we look across the industry that black and brown people are represented in not in the same numbers as their white counterparts. We also know that women are not necessarily represented at the same level as their male counterparts. And so the question is, how do we create opportunities for folks that are underrepresented in our industry to enter into our industry? And so the work that needs to happen and that we're seeing folks lift off the ground right now in many instances involve training academies as well as infrastructure academies. So when we think about, for example, the skills trades, how do we create people, create opportunities for people to enter into the skilled trades, which really fuel the work that occurs in the utility space? Well, the opportunity there is to make sure that we are communicating to folks about those opportunities. And then once we communicate and we push that message out into the communities that we're serving. We have these training programs set up so that people can get skilled up and they will have the tools that are necessary to actually walk into the front door and come to work for us. And so that's the work that needs to take place. It is a long-term play, but what I'm seeing is that there are lots of organizations across the industry that are having those conversations and there's real work that is taking place to figure that piece out. Is there something you want our listeners and audience to be thinking about as it relates to DEI in the electric sector? We tend to hold these conversations in the context of organizations and what organizations can do. But when I look at organizations are made up of people, right? And so there's also the question that needs to be asked, what can we do as individuals within the organizations that we work in to help move this discussion along. And I think it's a very simple answer in terms of what can folks do right now. And there are two things. Uh, One is look for opportunities to scale diversity. So when you think about the teams that you work on, who's not on that team? Who's not in the room that should be in that room? And then how do we scale inclusion? That's the second piece. So it's intentionally seeking out underrepresented voices and making those voices part of the conversation. We hope you found this to be an informative 15 minutes, and we look forward to bringing you additional expert insights on energy policy. To learn more about EEI and the electric power industry, visit www.eei. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for The Current and We Stand for Energy.